This is Top Landing Gear. Hello and welcome back to Top Landing Gear, where Series 3 is just around the corner. In fact, it'll be dropping next week. It's based around our hugely enjoyable trip to Lincolnshire, Bomber County, last autumn, where we visited the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight and operational typhoon squadrons at RAF Coningsby, it took the Dambusters tour at RAF Scampton. We went gliding, we flew microlights, and we had a memorable night in the squadron bar at the Petwood Hotel, which at one time had been the mess for 617 Squadron, the Dambusters. Our very first episode is going to be about the Lancaster and about one in particular, Just Jane, which is being restored to flight at the Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Centre at East Kirkby. But just to get you in the mood for that, let's take you back to one of our full flaps interviews from our earlier series. And this one was with the Virgin Atlantic pilot, Captain David Williams. Welcome to Top Landing Gear and to our full flaps episode all about the Queen of the Skies, the Boeing 747 Jumbo Jet, the aircraft that transformed air travel when it was introduced 50 years ago and is now sadly being laid to rest. Our guest this week is a man who knows all about the 747. He's David Williams, a captain at Virgin Atlantic, currently on the Boeing 787, but before that he flew the 747-400. But David's time on the aircraft wasn't without incident, and in 2014 he hit the headlines when he nursed a jumbo back to Gatwick just minutes after takeoff, with only part of its main undercarriage deployed, and was hailed a hero. Of course, pilots train for all manner of emergencies, but training is one thing. What's it like when it becomes reality? Well, let's find out. David, really good of you to join us. Thank you so much. And for coming to our studio. I think the first guest who's actually dared come to the studio to meet us all. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, I prepared questions for David Walliam. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got the wrong end of the stick. So, met us all. Uh, James, obviously, Roy, Jez and me, Rob. Um, Clearly, it seems like you're a Boeing man through and through. You flew 757s with Monarch I did, originally. Yeah. So, yeah, on the commercial side, I've always flown uh, Boeing's. So, Boeing 757. Uh, that was at Monarch Airlines. And then uh, they also had a uh, 767 there, but um, pro primarily on the uh, 757. So, I did mm -hmm. quite a few hours on that. And then I went across to, uh, to Virgin and started out on the... Uh, actually, the, in the grand school, we started out on the Classic. And then the... The 747 uh, Classic. classic. And that's the uh, the addition with the uh, engine, flight engineer, which is uh, sitting behind oh, you. Yeah. But actually, we didn't. We got into the simulator stage, or just prior to the simulator stage, and they, uh, there was a requirement for the pilots to be uh, trained onto the uh, the 747 because they had a, a, about four new planes arriving. So uh, unfortunately, didn't fly the classic, and then went straight onto the 747. But, uh, Do you wish you had? Um, it, yeah, I think so. It would have been yeah, it would have been nice. But mm. uh, but also, in hindsight, it'd be great. But uh, with the current situation at the moment, you, you know, moving on to an older fleet mm. is always a yeah. bit precarious. So uh, you, you try and keep on to the, the current 
Mr. On-Flight Engineers showing you the best bars. Is that, is that, as a flying experience, is that completely different, having a... I think so. Cockpit. I mean, when I was in Monarch, they were they 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 brought in the uh, the DC-10. They had an a a Airbus uh, A300, and then so in, in older older aircraft, but they had a DC-10 come in, and that that garnered some some support in terms of moving across there. But it was obviously a DC-10 is quite an older aeroplane, yeah. And I think it was for the people who yeah, historic historic you know flyers would go across there and have a have a have a bash at it. But it, again, it's fairly precarious, you know, to go across to a a fleet which is which is quite old, but um, but the DC-10 was yeah, it had a flight engineer. Yeah, what was the conversion from a, a seven five seven to seven four seven light? Because one thing that strikes me is that you are sitting in a seven four seven flight deck a great deal higher than in until the A three eighty came along than any other aircraft. Yeah, so. Boeing have designed these planes so when you when you move across the to the uh, to the cockpit, you're you're in a cockpit, you're in a, an office, uh, and the the design of the plane, you, you could sit inside and you could pretty much uh, navigate yourself around the controls. If you're on on a triple seven, uh, on a seven eight seven, or a seven four seven, you could pretty much gauge where you are, where the systems are, the hydraulic systems, the electric systems, the fuel systems. You would pretty much have a good stab of where the, where you're going to put your hand to, or where you're going to cast your eye to. So when you get into the books, it's fairly good. No, you know, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, in terms of uh, the elevation of where you are yes. in, in the flight deck, yeah, that's a big difference. It's, uh, the seven five is fairly low down, and then mm -hmm. seven three was even lower than mm -hmm. that. And actually, the seven eight seven is fairly low down as well. Yeah. But the seven four, you really were a fairly majestic um, sort of flying carpet position <laughs> on the uh, on the airfield. And you'd and you'd sort of glide around it, and the engines, the four engines behind you, you'd uh, you could hear the engines, but you certainly wouldn't have that sort of ground rumble as you do on on the on the aircraft with the, where the the nose gear is directly below you or yeah. just slightly behind you. Do you feel quite detached in a way? Yeah, in some ways you do, and especially when when you're going down the, the runway with, with with a full chat of power on, you you sort of glide down the, the runway, and, you, and although you have that power behind you, you you, you certainly have that. Uh, that feeling of, of gliding down the runway, and and obviously when you're on approach as well, um, even in stiff crosswinds, and is it is a nice, is it's a really nice platform to work on. And compared to other aircraft you've handled, how does it? Where does it sit? Well, it is a great plane <coughs> to to fly to handle. Um, the seven five was a was a sort of sports car, big engines, RB two eleven engines on it. The seven four seven obviously four engines, uh, very very easy to uh, to. Um, to handle to turn and and once you're inside the flight deck you you sort of uh, you you sort of um, detached from what's behind you the 400 plus passengers mm. and and the, the amount of fuel on board and 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 the, the aircraft was used you could you could fly it you know you could turn the the, the automatic pilot off and and you could fly it manually and it would be just like flying a uh, just a, a small plane mm. but uh, really adept and uh, very like a Cessna like <laughs> or Icarus, <laughs> or a little Icarus. Yeah. But it it seems to have garnered, I mean, immense affection amongst passengers, amongst aviation fans, and, and I think it's pilots. And in fact, I, I dug out a, an interview in the Financial Times from a couple of years ago with a, an XBA seven four seven pilot who said that of the thousands of flights in my career as a pilot, it's that first journey at the controls of a seven four seven that he remembers sure. and, and treasures the most. Did you have a uh, do you have a sort of similar affection for the aircraft? Yeah, you know, whenever I, whenever on, on the on on the uh, flight deck now, and I see these aircraft parked up and or indeed flying, 
you always look out and you always look at that uh, and it is the queen of the sky for me and I think for a lot of people and you know very proud to have flown it and and to be a, a skipper on board of, of one of these aircraft but uh, you know the, the history is iconic it's uh, it's just a great looking looking mm. aircraft and you know I've never flown an Airbus so I can't really um, cast that judgment on that but when you see you the, get a the tray table turn, that's it no, that's it <laughs> um, and when you see these two planes you know parked up which we which we regularly did at Heathrow you'd see the 380 uh, an Emirates 380 parked next to one of our 7.4s yeah. and there's 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 no doubt about it the 747 has got such mm. such great lines yeah, and, and even the new one the seven the 747 yes so um, it is a, it's just iconic is it regarded as a pilot's plane um, I think so I think I think they I think they call Boeing planes like you know pilot planes. I mean, really? we take they get we have the Mick taken out of us because they, they they sort of call us. I mean, you probably have the same yep. stick from your Airbus pilot. James, James gets the Mick taken. He gets out. the Mick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even the Boeing pilot said they get it. But no, it's uh, because the, 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 why why do you get the Mick taken? Well, because the, the, the Airbus don't think that they're also sort of more advanced and modern. What side stick? Uh, side stick and, and yeah. it's a tray table. They keep going on about this thing <laughs> where you have a tray, which I can see the advantage of a tray to eat your lunch of is quite nice. Uh, but that's about it. I can't see any any major advantage. And I do have friends who fly the three twenty, who just say the logic it just doesn't. It's weird. What, it's what, completely what do you mean by the tray table? Okay, so because you've got a side stick, yeah, um, you you got room for a little tray to come out of your arm of your flight of your co- cockpit seat okay. and have lunch off it I and mean, also do <laughs> paperwork and things yourself, uh, no <laughs> because I like to feel I've earned my meals <laughs> <laughs> When you refer to the, the 747, as, as Jez said, as a pilot's aeroplane, what, what does that mean exactly? And, and if it's so similar to, in terms of, you know, crossing over between things like the 757 and the 787, yeah. what, what makes the I think work? I think the, the, the ethos of, of how Boeing have designed their planes, although they are uh, fly-by-wire planes now, they still have this yoke, mm. and, and mm. this is the, the, the tray table is replacing the yoke, and they've got a side stick. Yeah. The yoke is very agricultural, and, and certainly on our... <laughs> On our banter at our in our company is that we are the sort of agriculturalists of, mm. of the of the airline, and and it's a very you know stick and rudder and it's thrust and levers forward we go and and it's it's uh, actually flying it's actually yeah. yeah but also you do get a feedback through a yoke which a side yes. stick they've not yet put any sort of feedback in the side oh. stick the, yeah. the, 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 even the new th- Airbus three hundred and fifty it's yeah. surprising that on a Boeing. If you stand at the back of the, of the flight deck and the, and the two pilots are in front and the, and the, the autopilot's on and he, and the aircraft banks off to the left. The yokes will both go mm. to the left. You know, you just yeah. visually, you know what the plane is doing, and yeah. and and corresponding with the thrust levers. If the thrust levers come back, you know that it's going to decelerate and we're <laughs> going to go down. It's it's all visual. And it's well, exciting because I mean, actually, presumably, things like that are what make you excited yeah. about flying yeah. in the first place. So we used to fly. It's, it's, it's levers, and I mean, I, it I is. Diggers, okay? it's, so it's, I like go- diggers because they got levers <laughs> and, <they> do stuff. <laughs> and it goes back to your basic. You know, your basic training. You know, you're, you're flying the plane, um, and I just go back. You know, recalled. You know, in Virgin, we used to fly the 747 around the Caribbean. We used to go to all these destinations, uh, places like short, short airfields, uh, Antigua, um, Tobago, Grenada, and St. Lucia. And invariably, you'd fly in there, and you would just turn the autopilot off, and you'd look out the window, and you'd flight directors off, and you'd say, right, this is going to be a visual approach. And you'd fly it in just as you would as a Cessna. Amazing. You'd go yeah. downwind mm. and off you go into the end. And, and, and you'd totally be unaware that you've got 470 yeah. odd passengers yeah. behind you. Yeah. Did you ever fly into Hong Kong Kai Tech or was that before? That was just when I was coming into Virgin. I think I went in the one, one approach 
And, Did uh, you? But and then it, it uh, yeah, because I joined Virgin in '98, and it's Kitech was uh, right. just closing. That's the one with the checkerboard approach. Mm. Isn't it? Checkerboard you approach. approach yeah. The, uh, yeah. Runway not quite at right angles. No. And then turn through several boxes of flats. That's and right. Washing hanging out. It was quite exciting. That looks an amazing approach. But, uh, I certainly did that as a as as a passenger. And did you? Know, you? And you can actually look up into people's um, flats. It's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just seeing seven four seven, there's lots of stuff on YouTube of seven four sevens flying into um, Kaitak, and it's just incredible to watch. Mm. And and it always always again, you would choose to watch the videos with the seven four sevens because mm. it's sure. so much so much more dramatic. I just want to go back to that elevated position mm -hmm. thing again because. Presumably, part of the training once you when you moved over to the seven four seven would have been about taxiing because, yeah. let alone the height you are at when you're landing and if you're flying, you know, visual approach on landing. I mean, all those sort of things sure, must, yeah. must 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 come into play so, yeah, in a major so way. You can you can practice this in the simulators, but uh, once you get out online, uh, your initial you know taxiing practicing uh, out to the threshold and, and around the airfield is is fairly important. Yeah. Because of the the depth of the aircraft, where that uh, that nose wheel is behind you, thirty odd feet behind you, you've got mm. to um, anticipate the turns, go deep into turns, make sure that you line up the lines and, and the parking stands, and 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 also uh, as I referred back to with the, uh, the the silence. It's fairly quiet up there in the flight deck, and you don't get that sensation of speed because you are that that far elevated up. So you could be looking out the window, and actually you could be doing fairly swift you know, rate of knots down the, down the taxiway. <laughs> Whereas on the smaller planes, you, you have that uh, sensation. Of course. Down. Yeah. I was reading, uh, doing a bit of research, that the original 747 pilots, when they were first launching the aircraft, um, uh, used to train a thing called Waddell's Wagon. Absolutely. Which is like a three-story, I'm sure you know this, but oh, if you don't, yeah, yeah. it's like mm. a three-story contraption sure. which was towed around by a pickup truck <laughs> and they just sat at the top to to, yeah. to to replicate the height that they would be sitting in sure. the aircraft and they would radio down to the uh, to the pickup truck driver and he would then you know if they could 10 degrees left or whatever. <laughs> they oh, so they, they weren't steering no, themselves. They were never steering themselves, but, but they, they gave them a feel. But what is amazing, when height. you think about the first, we're talking about 1968 yeah. here, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, the other airliner options at the time were so much more basic, so mm. much smaller. That well, this was the, twice the size, wasn't yeah. it? Twice so, the capacity. So the next one down was the 707? Yeah. 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 So you, if you see a picture of the two, is, yeah. you yeah. can't believe no. the 707 is even a four-engine aircraft because <laughs> it, it looks dwarfed. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, Boeing, who very nearly went bust in developing the jumper, mm -hmm. they? they needed a lot of government help. But in order to build it, they then had to build the biggest building in the world yeah. Um, to be the factory, to build it in, because it was just so massive. And is it still the biggest building? That's a really by volume, good question. It is. Oh, yeah. well by volume. Yeah, and I, that's... Think, I think the Pentagon is the biggest by footprint. Okay. I think by volume. And that's the, Everett, uh, is it? Everett yes. Field? Yeah. Yes. yeah. This is yeah. my... This is, um... And do you know why it's called Waddell's Wagon? After Jack Waddell. Well done. The first test pilot. First test pilot. Well yeah. Wasn't he the designer? No. Uh, no. Th oh, that was... Jess? Who was the designer? I haven't done that one as my facts. <laughs> but I might add it in. Cleverly. And in fact, the co-pilot, Brian Weagle, I don't know quite how to pronounce it, actually passed away just last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, on that on that first flight. But it was really troubled early on with the, the Pratt & Whitney JT9D engines, nice. very, mm -hmm. very underpowered. Mm -hmm. And I think it really struggled in the sort of early development phase before finally getting airborne commercially in January 1970. 
Yeah. 50 years. Mm. What were the it is what, what have most airlines gone for engine-wise? I think... Oh, jeez. Well, some, some of those political it's, decisions. Yeah, it's I think... 50, isn't it? I uh, yeah, yeah, we've got... Well, we had uh, CF, uh, CF9, CF6s. Mm. Yeah. Uh, made by... They, they, the General Electric. Yeah, General Electric. Oh, OK, yeah. right. And then and there was the, the RB, uh, RB211, which was yeah, Rolls. Yeah, Rolls, yeah, which yeah. was on the 757, actually. Oh, was it? <clears throat> In fact, that's the same sort of core design of a lot of these, uh, mm. the Trent engines. Yeah, the Trents, which are huge, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah. Before, you, before we started, you were referring to some of the aircraft that are being decommissioned, having their engines removed and the original mm. engine. So what, what, A, that's quite interesting in itself, so maybe you could talk about that. But what happens to the engines that are removed? Are they, are they able to be... Slotted into something else. So those, so engines. So, so for example, if you were to um, buy an aircraft you, uh, and and take the engines off Rolls Royce, my understanding is that the Rolls Royce you don't you don't buy the engines, you lease the engines, oh, and so okay. so those engines are the property of Rolls Royce, and they will monitor those engines and make sure that you're looking after them. Yeah. So when that aircraft is decommissioned, those engines will go back to the owner, which is Rolls Royce, and uh, and so that aircraft will then either move on to its next owner. And then they'll they'll source the engines for that. So um, the aircraft, as bought from the factory, would actually would have it's just no the airframe. Engines. Yeah, it's just just it's just a shell. It would uh, well just so it, it would be it would be the, the airframe. Yeah, so, so you, but the engines are an option. <clears throat> which which engine option you take, and then <laughs> you then you then no, I, won't, I won't have an engine. <laughs> <laughs> you then go to the um, to your engine manufacturer and say I'd like four of these. Mm. Uh, and you, either... Which is which is a double-edged sword because if you have a good designer aircraft, so for example, you take the seven eight seven now, which was a great, very futuristic, very advanced aircraft, yeah. very high, you know, fiber, you know, carbon fiber air, uh, wings and all this sort yeah. of stuff. But Boeing designed the aircraft way into the future. Uh, it came into production. It encountered a few problems with the airframe, yeah. which they've resolved. But majority, unfortunately, they had a, a lot of problems with the engines and their Rolls Royce engines. But of course, they get bundled up in the same. In, in the same envelope and, yeah. and, and mm. the dreamline of the end becomes a problem aircraft yes. right, but actually it's right. not it's the engines have had the problems which unfortunately is, 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 is Rolls Royce where are they? but uh, is it cracking? Yeah. well yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't know I think they're, they're getting to the bruise with, 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 with the problem there so. yeah. I was watching a, a documentary actually recently about Rolls Royce engine aero engine division it's fascinating but it is. A, it's probably the same with all engine manufacturers. I don't know, but they are. You say they're keeping an eye on the engine throughout the life it yeah. spends with the airframe. Yeah. But I mean, they literally are following. Yeah, they, they, the readings launching. are being fed yeah. back yeah. while the aircraft flies. Whenever, we, flight, whenever you, you're turning the engine on uh, and running engines, that the the processors on board are monitoring the engines and. Back at base, and probably at Wharton, they've probably got yes. a big computer system running with all these engines parameters. Well, we, we quite often send Absolutely a message. Incredible. Send a message to our engineers saying we've had an issue with an engine, and they'll come back with normally with I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the the way we're at at the moment. The engines talk autonomously to the uh, to the engine company. God, it is Can I say this is not just limited to <clears throat> aircraft? Because my excavator, oh, uh, I have a telemetry system on that that feeds back and it says when the engine started, what temperature it's running at, how many no. hours it's locked up. It's extraordinary. So this 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 technology mm. probably has come out of military yeah. or, sure. yeah. or commercial aviation is available almost anywhere for anything now. It's wow. really, really well. You made the agricultural analogy earlier, didn't you, David? <laughs> well, there you go. There's a link. You see straight away. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, were you sad when you heard that the jumbo was? In oh, for early sad. retirement, yeah, Were very you? sad. Yeah, no, it's an iconic aircraft, and and, and you mm. could see that it was it was time limited, 
And, you know, with these new aircraft coming in, the, tw the twin engine, a very efficient aircraft, that was the way forward. And well, I think on the triple, we, we burn half pretty much what a jumbo was, or just over half what a jumbo was burning for the same route. Right. The mm. seven, eight, I think is about two thirds of what we burn. Gosh. Yeah. It's a, it's a really phenomenally. But not such a high aircraft. payload. No, so you've got a much lower. We we in, in our seven eight sevens we we've we've got two hundred and sixty ish passengers. So um, with a with a heavy uh, heavy fit leisure fit seven four seven you could you could fit up to four hundred and seventy five. And if you want it economy through the whole, through yeah. the, it's over six hundred six hundred and two I think it is. So that would be two or three flights on a seven eight seven. Yeah. So in fact. But you still, I, I, it doesn't work quite as much as putting three seven eights no. on for one, one jumbo. And you've got to bear in mind you've got to fill these planes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you go to Orlando in the summer season, you can fill them. But you know, off the off season, you you and you're flying these planes half empty with four engines running. Yeah. That is a lot of fuel. Yeah. And even though the the, the leasing costs might be low. And all these planes, you might have bought them fairly, fairly cheaply. The, the running costs are astronomical. Yeah, yeah. So the writing, you saying the writing has been on the wall for a while. How long had the writing been on the wall for the 747? How much had that been accelerated by well, COVID I, I, well, situation? Well, I think, well, the actual 747 program, in, 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 in actual fact, it's, it's development onto the Dash 8. I think the Dash 8 was a sort of breath of fresh air. We all, as pilots, were hoping that... Virgin as, as an airline, and I'm sure British Air mm. were, were the same, would, were, were hoping that their management would look out the window and say, that's exactly what we, we want, because we enjoy flying it. It's an iconic plane. It was a great plane, very fast yeah. to us. Yeah. You, you could move a mass of people around. Fastest a lot commercial of, airline still. Fastest yeah. commercial, yeah. I think beaten, wasn't it recently, beaten by a 787 or well, a 7-8 got the record for across the... Atlantic, Atlantic yeah. with a ridiculous uh, tailwind. Yes, that's right. Storm Erica, whatever it was. That's was right. That's yeah, 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 yeah. So VC10 and the jumbo, yeah. fastest. Pretty. So I mean, our, our, yeah. So the so the, the wing on a seven four seven. I think it's it's a, it's a Mac eight five wing, mm. and and we we cruise around eight five on a seven eight as well. Triple about eight two eight three. Eight two. Yeah. Eight, so eight, 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 four, yeah. Yeah. It's extraordinary, isn't it, for the shape of a jumbo? Because I mean, it's bulbous, but amazingly, mm -hmm. it's pretty for its bulbousness, and mm. yet is. The quickest. It's quick. Yeah. It's bizarre in a way. Yeah. I don't understand why that would be. Aerodynamics. Well done. <laughs> I knew that was the answer. I was just putting <laughs> well it out there. James, that's a great answer. Well done, David. David, so look, what about the, the, the incident? The day, what, back in December 2014, you were departing so Gatwick we were, on? Yeah, so we, we, were, we were departing. So we were on our way to um, uh, Las Vegas, which I, I, I and actually aside, aside this... I wasn't actually supposed to be on the flight, which is, which is just the, the ironic thing. Is I requested a trip over the over the New Year and I didn't get it. And a colleague of mine got this trip, and I called him up. I said, "Can I swap trips with you?" And we did the swap. So I got myself onto this plane, this this uh, doomed <laughs> <laughs> aircraft. And so we took off um, to prior to prior to New Year's, uh, and we were heading to Las Vegas. So. Um, we got on board. It was a full aircraft, uh, full crew, full aircraft with uh, passengers and full up with we had cargo on board and everything. And, daughter? And, yeah, my daughter was on board. So she was 12. And, and in our company, you can only travel by yourself at the minimum age of 12 in a seat. So she was excited to travel on her own as a, as a, as a grown-up, yes. in, in, in effect. And so she was sat in the cabin down in the back, 
uh, amongst all this. All, uh, Couldn't everyone you else. got her an upgrade? Uh, no, <laughs> we, we were full, full, full. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we took off. Uh, so three crew, three pilots uh, in the flight deck. It was a beautiful day. Uh, you know, it was a winter's winter's morning. Took took off uh, on the on the westerly runway at London Gatwick, and uh, we got airborne. And uh, just as we got airborne, put the gear up. So the hydraulics were pressurised and everything. And uh, we got a, an indication on the what they call the ICAS system, engine indicating crew alert and system on the, on, on the aircraft. And um, we uh, noticed there was a, a hydraulic system for system uh, low, low pressure. So we uh, continued the, the departure. And, uh, and then subsequently we got an extra few more messages uh, detailing what, what, the, uh, what the problem was. Is that something you would have expected to be able to continue with? Yeah, I th- yeah, yeah. And especially at that cr- critical stage <coughs> of the flight, you know, you, you we, the, the 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 gear was coming up, mm-hmm. and the flaps were all operational, yeah. and we were just going away from the ground. So, uh, so we took took the problem airborne, obviously, and uh, and then and then we three crew operation up in the flight deck. So we uh, put the autopilot in, and that was all operational, and we we got to work with. Um, Getting the QRH out, the quick response handbook, and 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 getting into the detail of the problem that we had. So, what was your understanding of what the problem was then? So, on seven four seven, you got four hydraulic systems, and systems one and four are the most critical systems. And four, uh, which is the problem we had up, was uh, was going to was going to give us a, a bit of uh, a bit of problems uh, up ahead of us. So, we delved into our into our QRH and uh, and just detailed what, exactly what the problem was. Had we lost the system? Was there a was there a defect in the system? And as it happened, what we what had happened is the whole um, accumulated pressure and all the the, the hydraulic fluid had, had been vacated out of the system. Oh, right. So we'd lost the whole system, and everything that goes along with that uh, that system was now defunct. And so what had actually happened? What it meant was that one of the a part of your landing gear couldn't retract. From no, so this, no, so this. No, so this. So what had happened? The aircraft, so just going back a few mm. stages, the, the aircraft had been in the hangar overnight and it had some work done on the, on the, uh, on, on the landing gear and they had replaced an actuator on, on, the, on the, uh, the right main landing gear. And, uh, and so we'd, we'd been briefed on this and we'd, uh, the, the engineers had uh, taken us through exactly what they'd been, they'd been doing and all been signed off and we were happy to, to, they were happy to dispatch the aircraft, we were happy to accept it. So it had been overnight in 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 the hangar, which, as a pilot, you you obviously um, take close attention to that and uh, make sure that all the switches are put back mm-hmm. in the right place. Because when pins planes, yeah, and all the pins, the so when these planes come out of the hangars, these switches are, are usually all, you know, everywhere. So, um, <laughs> but um, well, they leave it good for engineers, not good for pilots. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> so um, so yeah, so we so the plane been in in, in maintenance. So we got airborne. We Got down to uh, to the uh, QRH, you know, evaluated that we'd lost the hydraulic system, and and then all the problems which there thereafter come with it. Uh, so things like the brakes, the the, the flight controls, the the um, uh, all sorts of um, extra systems which were attached to that system four. So we then carried on. The plane was flying um, very nicely. So we then carried on departure and then we got into the system we were too heavy to come back and land anyhow so mm. with these aircraft if you were to spin it back and put it back onto the ground you'd have to dump some fuel or you'd have to put a heavy landing in but the aircraft's flying flying so we then made a decision we spoke to the company 
we were obviously in the, the, the London area. We could speak to our company on the radio and the engineers and our ops control. And they knew exactly what the problem was because uh, these systems are already highlighted up on their systems. So um, made a decision to come back into, into uh, London Gatwick with the hydraulic system. And, and that was just going to be, we'd have to dump some fuel down, dump down to the weight that we required, uh, a maximum landing weight. And then and then and then return back to London for a fairly fast approach um, with a slightly less flap. And so because just because of the weight, because of the weight. And there was at that point we didn't know we didn't know that the gear had a problem. I see. So so the actual incident was actually twofold. It was the first one was the, the hydraulics, and that, and then we we solved that. We, well, we didn't solve it. We we sorted that out. Contained that problem first, and then we. So yeah. sorry, at risk of I'm trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about. So did you not? Did you get the three greens? Then no, to no. So that that issue hadn't raised its head yet. Oh, the gear had gone up fine. So we'd gone up. The, the gear had come up. Oh, it had gone up. Yeah. Yep. So the gear had pressurised. It come up. The, right. And what happens with these? The, the doors open and and the gear comes up uh, and then the doors close. Yeah. So the aircraft is all yeah. It's it's, it's streamlined now. Um, aerodynamic. It's flying. So we then carried away and we actually. We actually went off to uh, to a different part of the UK, and we were under uh, RAF control now. So they took us off to a separate area to dump fuel, and we had to dump about seventy, nearly eighty tons of fuel, Gosh. just to get the weight of the aircraft down to the max yeah. landing weight. So, so you're just we, orbiting, are you? Just so orbiting? we're doing just a big holding patterns, so like ten, fifteen miles long, and we did that over just to the north, actually over North Devon, actually just to the into oh, the sea. You're old so, school. Old, old school. Yeah. <laughs> So um, actually, it was ironic. Actually, it was it was over just past Lundy Island, actually, which is that puffin reserve. So oh, have you have you let the, uh, the presumably the cabin crew and your you know? Have you what have you told the passengers? So yeah. So as soon as this happens, we 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 sort of contain the problem, and um, we're carrying away, and we we call the the uh, flight service manager, who's the the person in charge of the cabin. We we called him up to the uh, to the flight deck just to brief him of what was happening. And also, we just wanted someone to go back and have a look at the at the windows and make sure there was no damage and, and, and nothing coming out the back of the aircraft, or and just to cover all our bases on on that side. And then after talking to the company and then coming to the decision that we are actually going to return, we then had to talk to the passengers and tell them what the problem is, and we just told them exactly what the problem was. And uh, and again, we had to tell the passengers we were going to have to be dumping fuel. Because at the end of the wings, you've got the the, the defuel valves, uh, and and, they, and it dumps off the, f the fuel, and that would be fairly surprising. It's very visible, yeah. <laughs> is it, is it? It's like watching the red arrows, I imagine. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. so yeah, and that just vaporizes. Isn't yeah, it? it just vaporizes. So it would be a stream. It looked like a contrail out the, yeah. at the yeah. tip of the of the of the, uh, of the wing. So from the ground, actually, after the event, we had this. I think it was a walker on Exmoor had taken a photograph of this plane. Over overhead, and I think he'd thought he'd spotted the first six-engine aircraft. Oh, really? <laughs> so he's got this. We've well, got this beautiful photograph of the, of the plane uh, flying, but it's got uh, oh, six contrails. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so, um, so then what we then we prepped. So that was that was a good hour flying, and uh, just oh. to get the get the get the weight down, and then we prepped the aircraft. The the passengers had food and drink, and and everything was tidied away and we briefed the passengers and the, and the cabin crew briefed the, the, the passengers just for a normal landing with the possibility that, that you know, if anything goes wrong, you know, we, we're going to follow some instructions to, to get off the aircraft. But it was in, in for all sense and purposes, it was just be a normal landing. We were going to be met by the, 
the fire brigade, uh, they would come alongside because we'd lost our steering uh, capability and the aircraft was going to touch down a bit faster than normal and we'd lost our main brakes. We had reserve, reserve brakes now. So we were going to be certainly down the far end of the, ro of the runway and we would, we would we'd probably need a tug to take us off. So heavy and fast, and so you don't we, have your well, main we weren't we so heavy. We were, we were at the maximum landing weight yeah, of the aircraft, yeah. which was what we normally land at. You know, a, a lot of the time we'd land okay. at anyhow. So it would be a normal, but because we had reduced uh, flaps and 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 the sort of handling qualities of the aircraft were a bit degraded, we had the backup systems which were we were operational, and then we had other things like um, alternate systems for the for the landing gear, and and steering. So and and the brakes was in the alternate system as well. So we had all these backup, and this is why the Boeing is such a such a great plane. It has so much redundancy. <coughs> so um, so anyways, we flew back in, and uh, it was a we asked for a very long finals, so we could do, we could do all the uh, the alternate flaps and the alternate gear, and uh, we came about twenty miles final turn finals, and. Uh, as we as we lined up, we got the flaps the flaps we, which we were going to be using for for landing. We we got those deployed out, and then we dropped the gear, and we dropped the gear on the alternate system. So it's a gravity system. Um, so we then on on releasing the the gear, we we noticed that the main gear at the back of the of the aircraft had come down, and it took a a, a slightly longer period of time for it to come down, and that was all that came down. So just the back gear, so the main gear at the back of the aircraft. So you've got um, You've got two two wing gears and yeah. two main gears and then one nose gear as well. So or two 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 wheels but one nose gear. And then we carried on down the glide slope where we were doing the RLS approach onto two six. And uh, and then eventually the left wing came out and the nose gear nose wheel came out. So we now had the, the three, but we didn't have the right wing gear system. So we carried on down the approach, uh, hoping that this this would uh, it would eventually come out. And it was just a, a hang up in in, in the the length and deployment of the gear, yeah. but it never did come down. So uh, we carried on down the approach and then made the decision uh, low down to, um, and we called the town. We said, "Look, we're we're going to we're going to break off the approach, but we're going to do a flyby, and we've got no vision of what what is going on underneath the aircraft." So we asked them to get the binoculars out and, and take a look and see what they can see. It's amazingly basic. I've never understood why aircraft don't have cameras <laughs> on some of these critical systems. Well, they do now. So yeah, well, yeah. This was a triple does, but it's not mm. in the right place. No. no. For looking <laughs> in, it's for looking at the taxi, from ground oh, yes, taxi. Got, yeah. That's why we yeah. have them on the triple. This really came to light in the Keg, at the Kegworth disaster, didn't it? The British Midland 737 that, that right, crashed yeah. onto yeah. the... And they shut the wrong engine. Shut down yeah. the wrong engine, because they couldn't see which one was on but fire. They, they did the have signals. some clues from the flight. The from cabin the crew did tell them, mm. you've shut the wrong one down, that's but they right. said, no, we haven't. Yeah. yeah. But even, I mean, that's going back to the, what was that, early 80s? Yeah. And mm. still, there isn't a proper yeah. camera system. Yeah. So I think on the... I don't know if the 350's got uh, cameras underneath. Mm, might but do, yeah. You might well, the, be able to three, see. the 380 certainly has cameras all over yeah. it, I think. Right, so the control so, tower got their binoculars out. So they got the binoculars out, and uh, I think this was, uh, it was probably, uh, yeah, it was the first they dusted them, dusted them <laughs> off to at the back and they had a look at us. So anyway, we flew down the, 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 the centre of the runway, and uh, we then broke off to the left and we went south and they had a look at the at the uh, at the undercarriage and indeed they confirmed yeah you've got a problem uh, underneath there's one of the gear is not uh, it, it looks like it's 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 hung up on the aircraft 
So we then they then gave us uh, put put us back to the air traffic control in Swanwick, and they and they they took us uh, air traffic control took some radar vectors from them, and we went off down to the south, to and then climbed up to another altitude, which uh-huh. they gave us to try and to resolve the problem we've now got. So now we've got a problem with a gear disagree. So the gear dis gear, gear disagree message on on the aircraft was indicating that we'd put the gear down, but the gear has not come down. So. We uh, we've now got a, a, a half the gears da- up and half gears down. And now I suppose you don't know what fuel you're using. Yeah, and you dumped all your fuel. As well. <laughs> yes. Well, we, this is it. We we dumped the maximum landing weights. So we still had a, quite a bit of fuel on board. Yeah. Some some people would maybe have dumped, dumped a bit further down to have yeah. so the aircraft would be much lighter to to handle on on, on touchdown. But we'd made the decision we're going to we'll, we'll conserve the fuel mm-hmm. and we'd touch down with the, with the most fuel just yeah. in case we had to come yeah, and, right, and, yeah. and go around. Oh. So, um, so ironically, when we did do that uh, turn off to the south, there was a chap in his garden. This, this is another uh, anecdote. This, so he was in his garden cutting his lawn or doing something, and he saw this plane flying uh, uh, towards him, and uh, he happened to be an air traffic controller. Oh, really? And uh, he obviously sp- spotted this, and he said, this is very unusual to see this plane, and obviously the gear was still hanging down as we transited towards so probably the west of Horsham. And he took a photograph of this with his phone, and he then subsequently took that photograph and he sent it to his colleague in the in the tower. No. And that uh, and that photograph then went from from the tower to Virgin Atlantic Engineering, and they could have vision of and it was a fairly good photograph of of, of the problem we had. Mm. So he took took a photograph. It went to his colleague in the tower. The tower then sent it to, eventually sent it to Virgin, and the subsequent um, hour or so they Virgin were in contact with Boeing in America and that photograph actually got to Boeing so they had vision of that. That's incredible. <laughs> so Let alone your telemetry, just somebody's so, mobile. So the, yeah, so the beauty of, of telephones. Yeah. So everyone had vision yeah. except us. Yeah. So we didn't no. yeah, we didn't have the, the technology on board to have that photo sent up to us. So um That's so, remarkable. <laughs> if you had would that actually have made any difference? Other no, than you'd had not really. We would have just had the knowledge yeah. of of, yeah. of what was happening up on yeah. down below us. So, um, so anyway, so from there we then went off uh, into uh, to the south, and, and we were at the uh, back into the courage checklist. And now this was a much more extensive checklist. We had mm. gear disagree, and we had the hydraulic system, and they're two major major components of the aircraft, and um, and they're two major um, problems which. We're not supposed to happen on the, on on an aircraft like this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we never practiced for this in, in the simulator. Two oh. huge problems like this. So, uh, and in some ways, the the checklist um, contradicted each other oh, as well. Right. So, they weren't written in conjunction with this other major system to, to be failed. So, um, so we we certainly had our our, our hands full. What, what's your feeling at that moment? I, I know you're highly trained. Uh, is there any sense of kind of nervousness? Have you got your daughter down the back of the plane as well? I don't know if she well, cropped I, up in your thoughts. You know, I've, I've been asked this quite a few times. The, there were three of us in the flight deck, and it was a, a normal crew. We, we go into the simulators every six months. We practice all sorts of scenarios and problems. And it just felt like, you know, we're, we're up against it and we just need to resolve it. It's it's a it's a, a problem that we need to, to address and, and, and resolve. So, you know, we had three heads in the flight deck. We had fuel on board. The, flight, the plane was flying fine. 
the weather as it was 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 was, was quite a nice day. The uh, so we had no issues that way. Were you tempted to think outside the box at all? Yeah. So so with certainly with the with the two problems we had, we we started to, to look outside, mm-hmm. and and we had quite a quite a lot of positivity going between us because we had we were near our, our home base, our engineering base. We were in contact with them, so we could speak to them uh, on the radio, and we were in contact the whole time. Uh, so we had a lot of um, uh, facilities there and leads uh, helping us out and giving us um, the the sort of extra information we needed. Yeah. They in turn got in contact with Boeing, and so they had all the the, the engineers and the, and the and the and the facilities at that at that uh, request as well. So we had a lot of input from Boeing coming back to us. I mean, an initial response. Up, Apparently, was was this isn't happening because they're two major systems and, and this is not going to happen. Yeah. Denial. No, this is going to happen. So denial. Like Apollo Eleven. No, that can't happen. No, Apollo Thirteen. That can't happen. Yeah. Apollo Thirteen. Yeah. So um. So yeah. So we we took it away and we we started troubleshooting the, the systems and and with the the two checklists it was quite extensive and so having three of us in the flight deck. The third person because obviously there's no flight engineer on a four hundred. No. So. Yeah. No. So because it's a long range flight, so yeah. anything over nine and a half hours we would pick up another pilot so we'd have a, an extra relief pilot a co-pilot or captain could be another yeah. captain and he's simply there to uh to when we, one of us goes off off on break we've got uh, crew rest and, sleep and we, we know that uh, with jim spend most of the time <laughs> and, and, uh, and yeah. spend a bit of time in the bunk so and, and so there's always two pilots um at, at the controls and and then the other person would be on relief and then we would rotate around so everyone's fresh and if it's a really ultra long flight, you'll have four pilots. Yeah. Um, just, just, sorry, just no. looking back on on the issue itself, did um, did your sort of model of what you thought was happening did that bear to be the, the right? Did you have the right idea? Well, we had it? yeah. So we so we 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 knew exactly what the first issue was the yeah. hydraulics. We'd already ticked all the boxes yeah. and we'd got that all cornered off, and we were happy with what we'd done with that. This added problem then through a sort of spanner in the works mm. and, and and thinking left field we were thinking have we done something wrong on the on the, on the first checklist uh, mm. and to to cause this extra yeah. extra issue so we did actually had to backtrack and we did have the luxury of quite a bit of fuel on board we we had certainly had uh, another couple of hours of flying to um to troubleshoot on 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 to go back and then and then of course we then went back to our company and the engineers and, and went through exactly what we'd we've done and just cross checked exactly if we'd, where we'd gone wrong and uh, and then and then addressed the new problem and so uh, they came up with some more uh, solutions possible solutions uh, pulling circuit breakers something outside the checklist so so we we were then uh, venturing air, into areas where we were more thinking logic because at the end of the day the, the checklist is there as a guide mm-hmm. uh, it's a, a, a QRH quick reference handbook it is a handbook to guide you in the direction to resolve the problem. If you feel that actually you're trying something else, we, we, we were certainly looking outside. Mm. And, uh, um, and so, yeah, so we, we, we just went down that troubleshooting route, mm. taking information from, from Boeing and also from, from our engineers. It's quite a workload, isn't it, for a two-man flight deck? I know there was a third person. But it, it is, is, yeah. And so we were pleased, you know, we had that, that third chap on yeah. board. And what, what, what did... Uh, what would looking outside the box have manifested itself? That, that terrifies me. Yeah. It's the last thing I want anybody to be doing on a plane with no fuel, no, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking Memphis Bar. I want one of you out there with the winch. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. You, so in terms of what? So, so so you said what? You said James said. Had you thought about going outside the box? So if you went away from the checklist and outside the box, yeah. what would that entail? So so there's what were your options? Well, there's other options there. So uh, so having dealt with the the primary system on on the hydraulic system four, which which linked with it as a, a whole host of other uh, brakes, flight, flying controls, flaps. Uh, gear and and we, we we were looking outside and thinking had we gone down the right you know maybe we'd made a mistake on one of those options mm. and 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 was there a possibility of we'd been we'd been using the alternate systems would we should we repressurize the system or try to repressurize the system um, and as it happened the the company and, and certainly Boeing came back with with a few extra checklists which was certainly not in the in the QRH and 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 in, and in the systems. Where, where they got us to um, pull some circuit breakers and recycle different um, systems on, on on the aircraft just to try and release the the gear which was stuck up, and as it happened and how they 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 had seen the photographs, it, it, the doors underneath it's like a concertina door, and the gear was stuck on, on the door. The concertina door had tried to come back, and the, and the, the gear which is just just over two and a half tons of gear was sitting on the on the concertina door. So um, a, an option which was outside the box was suggested by Boeing was to come back into London Gatwick and do a touch-and-go, and, and mm -hmm. a touch-and-go is to come back down and put the aircraft down fairly solidly on the on the ground to shake that. Sorry, is there another way of putting the aircraft down? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh, James, there's so much for you to learn. Oh, <laughs> she spent some time with David. <laughs> so we, um, so they, they, that was one option to come back in and try and shake this, this, uh, this out. And you know, we don't practice that, and this, I certainly in Virgin, we don't. But and with a full load, you know, the high risk that is high risk. Mm. Um, so we decided not to do that, and we, we then went down the, the route of. Uh, the, the the aircraft was needed to be shake, shaken around a bit to try and shake this this gear out. So the connotations of that has was is quite uh, is quite immense. They wanted um, uh, two um, yeah two G, which 60 is sixty degrees, degrees. Yeah. sixty degrees bank to the left and right <coughs> to try and shake. Sixty degrees is quite yeah. quite is that uh, done quite quickly as well. Yeah, yeah. so it, with a big plane like a seven forty seven, you've you've really got to. Move the move the controls and you and, and if you normally if you go over forty five a it starts shouting at you yeah. and b that feels weird in an airline of doing forty five degrees angle yeah. back yeah. and you, and you look outside and we were fairly we were seven thousand feet to nine thousand feet you still see the fields and the fields are yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and, suddenly and, much closer uh, uh, <laughs> well they're just at a different angle and yeah. at sixty degrees yeah. you're hanging out and you've got four hundred passengers and four hundred pounds yeah. so prior to doing that so we 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 took all the information from Boeing and they said right this is what you need to do you need to do the the turns, and and you do it for a fairly constant mm. 15, 20 minutes doing this. And left and, left and right it, to try and shake. So what we were trying to do is try and shake the gear uh, off its off the the, the, mm. the concertina doors, and the doors would hopefully just um, fall fold back, and the gear would just 
fall down in with gravity. You were doing this at 7,000 feet over land? Over land, yeah. Uh, we were actually just off um, between the land. It was just We weren't over Brighton, but we were just off to yeah. the to the west of east of Brighton. So you've told your passengers you, that having everything been kind of OK, <laughs> things are quite so OK, and we're now going to call some... Basically, like being some a, basically about like being a pit special, we're going we're gonna to do some wing-overs. Is, that, is it basically so, almost a wing so so wing-over? It's, 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 they're yeah. going to be feeling double the weight. Yeah, so it's two G. So it's it's it was yeah, sixty degrees banks. As, 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 right, I would fascinated to know who makes that announcement and what the reaction from. So the, from, uh, so it's probably a good time to be separated from the. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, throughout the whole the whole flight, it was a, we just told the truth. Yeah. We told exactly what the problem was. We 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 briefed passengers. We briefed the crew, uh, the hydraulic system. We told them exactly what was the problem. Yeah. And uh, now. Once we'd um, come away from the airfield and now we have this gear problem. Bearing in mind, we were flying now with the gear, the rest of the gear hanging down. Yeah. We couldn't retract the gear. So the aircraft is now flying with the gear down. The flaps we brought back up, but the plane is now essentially flying with the gear down. So it's a noisier aircraft. We are, and again, we're, we're burning more fuel than, mm. than anticipated. So although we had that luxury of extra yeah. fuel. So the noise was certainly higher in the cabin because we had the gear down. Uh, so we just... The, the party line was. Oh, tell did, the you, truth. did you leave your flaps with them as well? No, we brought the flaps in yeah. um, back up to because um, we had the secondary flaps on on that the electric system. Mm. So um, so we yeah we told the passengers and then uh, and during all this sort of um, troubleshooting period, we kept them fully briefed on, on what was happening. And then and then when we went to the period of uh, the the sort of um, the, yeah, the flight to the. <laughs> Flight dynamics going on. We 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 really we told the passengers we had to secure the aircraft and and the cabin crew went through the cabin and and, and made sure that the, everything was secure because it would would be fairly. Yeah. Uh, fairly Trolley hard. service yeah. had long finished. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so um. <laughs> so we then um, uh, so the aircraft was secure and we, and we and we proceeded 15, 20 minutes of, of this flying t- uh, and t- to the side, left and right. Um, of two and that's degrees. not something you practice anyway, is it? No, we don't practice that. Goodness. As a pilot, so, uh, yeah, I mean, for, not forgetting your passengers, but just the fact you've actually gone through this however many hundred ton aircraft around, mm-hmm. is that, I mean, if you were doing it with it and it wasn't emerging, would that be quite exciting? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, to be fair, it was fairly exciting. It was, yeah. you know, we, we don't get to, to do this. Uh, we certainly, when you fly, uh, like I mentioned earlier, in the, in the Caribbean, you fly visual approaches. It's very challenging, and it's very satisfying to fly and to handle the airplane. And it's a very, and the seven four seven is a very nice plane to handle. It it responds very well. So when we were put in the situation where we had to 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 do this, it, it is a very responsive airplane. It does have a, a, a fairly bit of lag, but when you actually push to take take this aircraft over, you're not normally uh, you know uh, expected to take it over to those sort of degrees. Um, it was quite challenging, and in the flight deck it was fine to start with. Uh, after you know, fifteen twenty minutes, it was getting you know, fairly tiring for us mm. in the flight deck. So you could imagine the people down the back of the aircraft, and, and halfway down would have felt that. And how were you? You were you were over land, but away. From, you wouldn't have known if that gear had come down, except by doing another flyover. Well, well, on. I think we would have felt the gear come down. We you certainly would have had the indication. Right. The indication on oh, okay. on on our on our screens would have come down the three greens. Um, we then subsequently after we did that, we did go back in to have a flyby just to have uh, have a look and, and and the tower to have a have a, have a look. Another Is that look at us. That no, we went back to Gatwick. Gatwick. So we were staying in the in the Gatwick mm. zone, and 
So we did we did that for 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 a bit. We went back into the airfield to have another look at uh, have to have a look at the uh, at the at the systems, and nothing had changed. We went back out to the to the area, and then Boeing then came back to us with another procedure, which they came up again thinking out the box. This time, climbing up to an altitude, and then and you probably do it in your training will be bunting the aircraft over. Yeah. Negative G. Negative G. No. So so as you come down to uh, you know four to five thousand feet. You then bring the aircraft um, to, into level flight, but then go back to a climb. So you're, the the weight of that gear is pushing down onto that onto that um, concertina door, which with a with a, a gear weight of two and a half tons would should push that door off, mm. and the door would then just um, it wouldn't fall off the aircraft. It would just um, fall down and, and hang down, and the gear would just uh, mm. sit down beside it. So what they wanted is go bunt climb to altitude, bunt over the top. So it would lift the gear up mm. and then take the weight off the, the constant door. Hopefully the door would move mm. and then fly down to three, 4,000 feet, bottom out, and then that weight of the door would would, would push the door away. Your passengers so, must have been oh, absolutely no. loving you, man. <laughs> but that was a suggestion. You so did, no, no, did, we took that. and did. We did that. And and it seemed very plausible. And, and you know, we'd already done the, the 2G manoeuvres. We... Before we went off and did this manoeuvre, we we briefed the passengers and we said, right, we're going to have ten minutes of just flying level, and just get your breaths back because we there were passengers in the back who were yeah. being sick. I'm not surprised. So we then told them what we're going to be doing. We're going to be climbing and we're going to be descending, and we're going to be trying to lift this gear to get it off, off off the the doors. So we did that for fifteen minutes, nearly twenty minutes, and. Uh, and we in the flight deck vomit was, was, <laughs> was, it was, yeah, we felt sick in the flight deck. Did you? Was there, was there an area of the aircraft that you would have, the sensation was worse? Down, down the tail. Front, front and back. Yeah, the tail would have been probably the worst. Oh, my goodness. So, so, so the cabin crew had their hands full with passengers. But, you know, surprisingly. <laughs> <That's really, yes. laughs> <laughs> so... But the but you know the passengers, uh, you know they, they they were great. Then in terms yeah. of they they, they were they well you don't no, know they were miles was, away from well, you. Well, <laughs> we, we, we were certainly in touch with the, with the with the crew and um, the flight service manager was you know he was he was very good. But um, so we did that again yeah. and there was no joy in that. So we we had done all the, the bits and pieces and and then we were now towards the mid afternoon towards the and then that time of year the, the sunset yeah. was around about i think it was about six ish or so so we'd done all the checklists we'd been back over all the figures uh, and this was looking like an end game now we, we'd have to put this aircraft down somewhere and we decided now this is the place to go we're going to head back to uh, london gatwick and we're going to start running the figures and doing all the calculations for landing. had a, had a uh, seven four landed in that configuration before no no, really? No, so this is... Never the, happened the, before. Never, no. Uh, and if... I presume you, the, the set of gear that didn't come down was, the, apart from maybe the nose wheel, maybe not even the nose wheel, is the worst set, because it's the outer set. It was the outer set. And what what they... Yeah, so when you read the manuals, it says, say, these, these planes will, will land with the with the centre gear down and the wing gear's up, and, and it'd be fine. It'd be fairly yeah, rocky, but but you can you can put these, these, these aircraft down yeah. and... Uh, so compared to Roy, the dreaded fourteen-wheel landing sounds right. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So we, so we, we, we did all the calculations and 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 went into the into the into the into the flight manuals and to see what what uh, 
ramifications we've got for this for lending the aircraft without that those four wheels on that side. So um uh yeah and we then headed off into that we had we had Boeing doing the calculations our engineers down on the ground doing calculations our operations controls doing their calculations we did the calculations and then as it happened we we all came with our figures presented them and they all sort of coincided um we then did a briefing of a fairly extensive briefing of how we're going to we're going to be expect expectations of of the the, the hand, handing uh, characters the aircraft on, on 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 short finals and on touchdown and the flare and stuff so boeing then came back to us and there was this sort of complication that they didn't think the airfield was that long enough um and we'd done the calculations so we were happy with with what we had in front of us mm-hmm. um the the feeling was that the we would probably tip over to the side and 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 it was the right hand gear which was missing so we'd probably hit the grass or the engine would touch the ground on the right hand side and with that friction and that sort of impact the wings the engines under the wings are designed to if they come contact heavy contact with the, with the ground they are to to, to come off oh, and right. they just yeah the, the pylons would just snap off and, right. and they would but with that, we were expecting, and we briefed for this that that engine, that inner engine, to come off and maybe hit the fuselage on the right, and then the ensuing there'd probably be a bit of fire, and we'd probably come off to the to the right inside yeah. of the air, 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 of the airfield and evacuate. So There's the, nothing remotely routine about this. This this no. This, so we're now we've now gone from a from a, a, a routine problem returning back to the airfield to a, a, a slightly more complicated um, failure, a double failure now to now we're coming back for a full emergency landing. So we've now escalated our checklist to uh, an emergency checklist. So we've on the, on the aircraft on the on the 747 with Virgin, we have an, an emergency checklist. So we we head off into that checklist, which is on top of all the other checklists. So the cabin then has to be uh, hiked up to a, to a, a much greater extent of, uh, of, of alertness. And so they've got more things to do in the cabin, brief all the passengers, because the highly, the likelihood of a, of a an evacuation was pretty pretty high, so we then decided, and and obviously on the ground, they knew exactly what was what the problem was and where they expected us to come off the runway as well. So their preparations and the fire brigades were either end of the runway, that side of the runway totally clear. So um, yeah, is it true that they blocked like they closed off the M twenty three? Yeah. So this. Yeah. So we, yeah. So after after the event, I, I didn't realise this until uh, until yeah after the event. When when an emergency comes back into into the into the UK or into an airfield like that, you uh, uh, an action plan is is activated, and so you've got the police, all the all the first services come back come they get hiked up, so all the the doctors and nurses uh, get called into the into their uh, the hospitals. The the um, certainly with with us, we had. F- over 400, uh, 450, 475 passengers, so, or people on board the aircraft. Red Hill F, uh, Red Hill um, Hospital. The A and E beds were they were all emptied. Everyone was was pushed out. The the uh, the ambulance services ramped up. They come down from Surrey. They they beef up the the services around that area. The police come come into the in, in, uh, they are beefed up around the airfield just just so there's no um, complications and. Uh, so and uh, and all the fire brigades are, are 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 beefed up as well from Crawley back into into this into the airfield. Mm. So uh, so this is all going on whilst we're just flying <laughs> around the sky. <laughs> Hardly. So um, so yes, there's a lot of 
and, and of course, there's, there's lots of people flying into Gatwick mm. and, and, and there's a lot of diversions. So mm. I think EasyJet took a, quite a handful of yeah. uh, diversions. So um, although whilst we were flying around, there was people landing and the majority were, were diverted. So, uh, so you've got this action plan going on at, at uh, Gatwick, and, and actually, when we did come on our final approach into into Gatwick, the the M twenty four M twenty three I think was closed because mm. that is the quick escape, um, well, this quick route to the to the hospital is, oh, is up that. That was from, the reason the for the closure. That's the reason right. for the closure. Wow. So we were un, unaware of this. So this is all going isn't on. That amazing. Oh, that's very impressive, so, isn't it? So had you at any stage requested foam? Be put down on the runway. No, no. There's there's in, in, there's indication that that doesn't help really. Really. The foam down on, on on the runway at all. No. So. Um, I don't think we've had a foaming system for years now. Really. Since about the eighties. Well, oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Be- because. It's better to scrape. They don't think it yeah. makes any difference. Makes no difference oh, really. Okay. I mean, these planes. You, you could with the gear up. You can you can land them on the, and you know make a mess, but yeah, you could still walk away from the aircraft. Yeah. So. Um, so yes, yeah, so all that activity is going on uh, on the ground, which we're totally unaware of. So, um, but yeah, we 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 in the in the in the cabin and the aircraft was was prepped now for full emergency landing, and so our our criteria now and our 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 goal was to land before it got dark, because we, we between us pilots we decided we're the highly likelihood we're going to be evacuating. We don't want to be evacuating in the dark. So that's the last time you have people running out because we're going to have injuries no matter what, and the injuries come with the evacuation. So if we're going to evacuate, let's do it in the daylight, and at least we can see where we're going. And there's been many accidents where the fire services you may have it, yeah you may Gosh. you may um, survive the crash, but they get run over by a fire brigade. Oh my goodness! So and then the Asiana in Asi- uh, San Francisco. In San Francisco. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. so we put the line in the sand. That's when we, we knew when sunset was. We were going to land ten minutes before that, and so we we were starting to formulate our plan to come in, and we then fed it back through the cabin, and we then had our sort of time schedule, and we and we're, we're doing a sort of uh, our own sort of briefing system where we just rotate around our time schedule and and, and actions and requirements and what we what we're looking at and 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 just feeding in off, off each other what uh, what we're missing out and, and talking to the, gr- the guys on the ground, cross-checking our calculations and all that sort of stuff. And and then there was a few other bits and pieces which um, the handling of the aircraft wasn't the normal handling because we'd lost the System 4, so the, the, the flying controls were very sort of spongy. Are you flying manually? We, we were flying with the autopilot, but we were going to land manually. So we certainly took the aircraft out off the automatics, and so we were flying. When we did the manoeuvres, we were flying it manually, um, the the up and down, and 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 the the two G manoeuvres. That was all manual, and it was certainly the aircraft was definitely um, the pitch and the roll was not it was not normal. Right. So and and that's symptomatic of the loss of the system four. So we knew that when we got a touchdown, the 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 roll control that the elevators the, the flare wasn't going to be the same oh, and we didn't have the main brakes we didn't have the speed brake the speed brake was going to come up menu but it was going to be delayed and the speed brakes on on a 74 is crucial like, like all these, these all the spoilers these on the top yeah. Of the yeah so all these swept wing aircraft they, they the speed brakes are on the on the upper surfaces they dump the the the, the, yeah. the lift off the top of the surface and they're really important. So um, as soon as they touch down, those pop up. Yeah. And uh, so if they don't pop up, you, the plane will either go into a sort of ground effect. And with a big wing like that, it'll cushion out. And even though it's a huge, heavy aircraft, it'll cushion onto that onto that sort of 
um, just the sort of bubble of air, and it'll it'll glide down the runway, and you're losing you're using up all that sort of landing space. So Boeing then came back to us and said, you know, you need to put. Um, they they pointed out the obvious that you need to land at the beginning of the runway, which <laughs> which was uh, which, which 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 helped. Which um, although we just now normally on a, on a touchdown you'll have the piano keys and you'll have this touchdown point a thousand thousand feet yeah. in, which yeah. is the, the the white line. So that's where we normally touch down. Boeing now were saying you want to touch on the pa- piano keys, mm. which is may sound straightforward, but actually that is is quite a big change for as yeah. a pilot. Because the aspect when you look out the flight deck is is totally different now. Because we're now flying below what they call the glide, the, yes. the instrument landing system. So the aspect of the runway is the runway is a bit lower down and and flatter. So to get those main gear, which were way behind us, sixty feet behind us, um, to touch down on the uh, on the piano keys at the beginning of the runway was meant that we'd have to fly below the glide and fly bits a bit slower, or well, not slower, but um, lower down and onto the runway. So that again was a, a, a thing we had to brief, and we don't really practice that. Oh, God. Um, no. um, the other things, so that was a thing that they'd really mentioned. Uh, obviously, to, they didn't think that we'd had enough space to to touch to to break, especially with the the alternate brakes and and the manual speed uh, manual speed brake and the manual reverse and all that sort of stuff. So we then uh, they then said, "Can you do a touchdown, uh, a, a Boeing? They call that Boeing touchdown, which is a solid touchdown." <laughs> Which you know most of us do anyhow. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, you know, I think the, the, the sort of description of when people I normally do two or three, two or three, <laughs> just just to make sure. And then settled. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the the sort of um, analysis of someone's landing if it's a really squeaky touchdown. Well, you know, could, is that a good landing or yeah. not? You know, if you've if you've used up two thousand feet of the runway and you've made a nice peach of a landing, well, is it good? And you right. run, run off the other end, but. <laughs> Uh, so Boeing really wanted to put, um, and hence back to their their sort of first gambit of trying to knock the gear out by doing a touch and go. Uh, they, I think they were thinking that if you put put the aircraft down solidly, that that gear might just pop down, and you know, and, and it would be there for us when it when we roll out eventually. Um, so so for them, they wanted uh, a touchdown on the on the threshold, uh, a solid touchdown. And then to use the aerodynamic braking of the of the wing as we touch down, uh, and before the nose came nose down, up. so yeah. holding the nose up uh, and and coming in at that at that sort of uh, speed. Um, fortunately, we had a, a crosswind from the right, so that was in our favour. Mm-hmm. So the, the 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 gear wasn't down on the right hand side, so that helped us in that way. Things in our favour: the the weather was you know clear. There was no you know, moisture on the runway. Uh, and it, and you know everything everything was in our favour in that in that in that sense. So uh, so we then had to brief for these extra bits and pieces, uh, handling handling characteristics of the aircraft, which none of us had really experienced. And then um, and then between the three of us, I was flying the plane. The first officer would would be doing the uh, he'd be doing the speed brake. So he'd he'd be deploying the speed brake because that was going to it was it, it, as it happened it it, ca- it caught and it didn't deploy for a, maybe two or three seconds which sounds very quick but actually it's, it's, yeah, it's, it is and it's on youtube when we touch down we touch down on at the beginning of the runway and it comes in and actually it sort of skips and and the reason that the, the plane sort of skips is the speed brakes hasn't haven't deployed and then the wing is so big 
that um, that it's sort of it's still flying. The wing is still dynamic. And, we actually and watched this. I watched this again. Oh, you, yeah, you've just before it, we right. go, I just want to remind myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you said and to me, oh, "That's quite a bounce." <laughs> there you go. It's probably heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually, ironically, in the flight day, we didn't feel that at all. It mm -hmm. just looked like a normal, um, you know, it felt like a normal touchdown. Yeah. So we touched down, and I think passengers would would have th thought that as well, but. Uh, being I didn't know what was going on there. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> they were on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, so, were right, they were over it. They were over it. Yeah. <laughs> so we, yeah, so we touched it. So, so with those extra things, we we touched down, and yeah. the speed brakes certainly took a bit of time, and and to come out, and, and actually flying the actual handling characteristics of the plane were, were very sort of slow, sluggish, very yeah. sluggish. Yeah, and so the the sort of uh, it was um, it wasn't a normal. So and did it feel like it wanted to? Right. Well, yeah. So we touched down, and um, and actually the flare, it, it, the, the 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 sort of the elevator control wasn't that uh, cracking. Mm. It wasn't that uh, responsive as well. Yeah. So the actual flare was delayed a bit. Yeah. But uh, we touched down, and then we we held the nose up quite quite a long time until all that sort of speed dis yeah. dissipated. And then as the plane as the nose dropped down, and of course we are up at 30, 36 feet or so. Um, the, the nose came down, and, then, and as you look down, the, the combing normally would come horizontal. It sort of dropped, and then it cantered off to the right hand side. And as it came down, all of us, just the three of us in the flight deck, we we could see where we were on the on the uh, dynamically down the runway, and we could see off to the right where we would as, as soon as this engine caught, that's where we were going to go. And then the the combing came down, and it tilted off down, and uh, as and as it tilted off to the right hand side, it just stopped. And 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 then the plane settled on, onto the onto the centre line, and we came to a halt. And you had no nose on steering that either. So no nose steering. So we, so we it with that. no no. So we stopped on the runway, uh, uh, down down not at the very end, just um, where we anticipated to stop. <laughs> and uh, uh, we came to a halt, and we and we have our checklist where we keep the cabin secured. We we told them to stand by and, and wait for our instructions. And then we wanted to know if we were, had any fire and smoke outside, so we called the tower. Mm. And as it happened, the sun was going down behind <laughs> us, the tower was the other side, and, and I called him and he said, I can't see it, the sun is going down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that is on the YouTube I watched it's today. It's on there, yeah. You can hear, you can hear yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, and he's saying, I just thought, my God, that's all you need now. That's all you need. Yes. Yeah. So he then said, contact the, the, uh, the fire chief. So he was on... Uh, yeah, you know, one to one and six, and and yeah. um, and so he was. There was two of them. There was one on the far end, one behind us. So there was a there was a, a crew chasing us down the runway with their trucks, chasing us as we touched down, and then the other crew were coming up the runway towards us because they were expecting us that end. And as we spoke to them on the radio, um, they were like a minute away. They said we can't see any smoke and we can't see any flames. Uh, all looks good. Um, and so we then stood the cabin crew down. We said, look, everyone stay seated. The last thing you need is then everyone jumping out. Yeah, jumping on the right side of the aircraft to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so so the tilt of the plane, so the pl the plane, the, it was tilted off yeah. to the right. So it was yeah, and and actually the distance on the walk around afterwards, uh, once everyone deplaned, the the distance between the the nacelle and underneath, mm. and there's a little vein underneath there, was only like three four centimeters. Right. So, so I, it this was is what I, I would be <clears throat> fascinated by this, um, almost. I mean. I was in Australia when this happened, and okay, yeah. uh, our mutual friend Rich McLean yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
called me and said, have you seen what David's done? I know what I do. Anyway, and, and I watched the footage and I remember watching as it comes, I mean, just incredible. And it seemed, actually seemed to stop really quickly, yeah. but maybe it, it didn't. It just seems that way. And then, uh, uh, this is not technical, but as the wings relax and yeah. the weight comes on, as I guess as the lift, and everything just goes, yeah. and it just goes like that. Like, oh, my God. It and that amazing. engine, cowling, whatever you got, I think so. I read somewhere it was two metres off the ground, but I said there's no way you couldn't even crawl under that. And if it's far the distance, yeah, no, it, it looks literally yeah. six inches. And it, it was, really was. Yeah. yeah. So underneath the underneath the cell is a little vein uh, uh, probe, which was centimetres off the ground. God. So... Um, so our, our, we anticipated that to hit because we because the the distance of with, with that with the loss of that gear, um, you know the plane would cant over, yeah. catch that wing, catch that uh, that engine come into and 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 come off, but um, but as it happened, it didn't. And and subsequently, when when the plane settled on the ground, the left gear rose, started to rise up, and I think the on on the the wing gear on the left hand side. You could probably put your hand underneath the outer oh, wheels, no so the six wheels. The so, three what wheels was it outside. resting on on the right hand side? What, so, what did it actually end up? No, it just just the, the weight of it, just on. the oh, main gear at the back, right. and it just as it sat like that, and and as as it happened, we kept the passengers in, sat sat, and we waited for the door um, just to we let them all s- stay seated until the engineers brought this big sort of. Uh, sort of triangle, sort of um, tripod, it was like a tripod thing, yeah, it was just to secure the engine or the wing on that side. So, so we were worried that if everyone got off the aircraft, yeah, the plane would just then just tip over onto that wing, yeah, and then we'd be on the ground and it would be on, on AOG on the, on, on the wrong way. Could you have transferred fuel from the, the starboard wing into to to? To, yeah, we could have done, but just um, to balance, counterbalance that on the ground or in the, or in the in the air. Well, I suppose you wouldn't have time in the, no. on the ground, but you know, prior to landing, prior to landing, throw we, your we could have done that. But, but but to be fair, having a, uh, the flying characteristics of, of a wing which is stabilised is much yeah. better to have than than maybe right. trying to throw another try, try another yeah spanner into the yeah. works and then have a, a wing which is heavy, especially when you're touching down with a. With mm. you know the, the the ailerons the and and the elevators were not uh, operating at full at full speed. So. Did you have the yoke hard over to the? So the, the yoke no we, it was it was it, there wasn't a crest you know we didn't know it was just a normal uh, approach and landing in terms of um, we didn't you know. It was but once you were once you were down waiting for it to, to try no, and delay no, the no, fall over to the no, right you didn't no we, no we just we just had normal controls yeah. and and touch down and. There was no steering, ground steering on the, on the aircraft, but um, we just came to a halt. And um, as soon as that that nose touched the ground, and we realised that, uh, that we were going to, we were fine just to roll out and, and stop. We the aircraft came pretty much to a halt, and then um, controls were as, as per normal. And then you just deplaned on the runway. Yeah. So the passengers all stayed on. It took them about forty minutes to get off, and, and they got this tripod over, secured the engine. Uh, all the aircraft on the right hand side, and then they deplaned the aircraft, and they did it in this sort of systematic way from, from the back of the aircraft yeah. across, and and then ending up with the people at the front left hand side or front right hand side back off. Yeah. So um, and are you still confined to the cockpit? Have you made so, an, have you made an appearance to your yeah? So we adoring <laughs> yeah well <laughs> I don't say adoring then, but um, well, I mean there was certain, there was certain, there was certainly a relief, and, and yeah. there was a, there was a lot of clapping. And I think a relief of of of, of, of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was pure relief. 
but, um, wow. but um, certainly oh, the cabin crew were yeah they were they were superb you know mm. in looking after the uh, and after the event hero David Williams um, Williams, Williams sorry Williams <laughs> um, but did the rest of the crew get get the mention that you liked well, no this is one thing no I no we see. did actually um, so as you well you, you you probably don't know but once once you have an incident like that yeah. you you we were technically arrested mm-hmm. gosh yeah. so because I certainly said the captain because you were part in control of, of an incident yeah. so the first thing they they come on board the aircraft is the the one of the police policemen came on and mm-hmm. uh, and he came and sat in the back of the flight deck and he said I'm only here because of protocol and uh, so technically you are under you know make sure you don't run away Gosh. and but they come in and, and they they pull the seat the, the cockpit voice recorder and so everything is 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 secured and they they have a record of what we, you know what we were doing in the flight and make sure that we were all doing things correctly because obviously the subsequent board inquiry will is going to be fairly intensive and Boeing were going to be at the, at the brunt of this mm-hmm. our engineers were at the brunt of it and we were at the brunt of it mm-hmm. so the actual investigation took quite a long time mm. so um were you suspended at that no, no 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 because you, you know there was no loss of life and i think i think a definition of an accident is a fatality or a severe oh, injury right. or or something. yeah so so actually no i don't i, I mean I, I was supposed to be away for the next yeah. four or five days and then have days off so i did have uh, you know a week and a half when did you catch up with your daughter in the immediate so, aftermath so yeah so you know, acutely aware. Although during the incident, I, 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 you know, I was aware she was at the back there, but I was totally happy that she was safe and 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 I, and you know, subsequently talking to her, she was absolutely fine. You know, the entertainment system was running. <laughs> yeah. they, they had a bit of food down there, drinks, and she wasn't like aware. Didn't even notice. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> what? Oh, Are we there so, yet? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the um, so I, I caught up with at the at the very end and. and uh, the flight service manager made sure she got off last so I could get out oh, and, ch- and chat to her. Lovely. And then her mum came and picked her up uh, later on. But uh, wow. but then from that there on, that, that point onwards, it was all in the, in the hands of the of, of Virgin Atlantic crew mm. and the ground staff. And, of course, they'd had that four hours, 45 minutes of preparation and everything was in hand. The, whole, the, the, the hotels were ready. The, 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 the passengers were looked after really, really well. And, and indeed, they, they flew the next day, mostly. Oh, yeah. I think there was everyone. Every, all those passengers made Vegas for New Year. Wow! So and this was the 29th of December. It was the 29th, yeah, 29th, yeah. Yeah. So, and but you managed to close down the airport, obviously. For a, so we closed for down a, for a while. Yeah, three hours closed down. Oh, they got the aircraft. Off. They That's got, quite they quick. Got it off, and that plane was flying within that month. They wow. they, they changed the door on, on the. Uh, uh, the, uh, and the actuator pin uh, was uh, refitted. And well, it was a wrongly fitted. Yeah. So the subsequent. Pin. Uh, board investigation. They, they found that the actuator pin had been had been fitted wrong, and it had been fitted by 180 degrees round. So, the the blame was being placed on the engineers, but also the design element of the yeah. of that actuator was put on the Boeing side. So that's why, ostensibly, the the um, the investigation took so long because it was being pushed back by Boeing, and and actually from the from from that incident, that actuator has been redesigned. Uh, although the aircraft now is coming out of service, but um, the uh, it, it was an actuator which which could be put on back to front, and it, and it had this hydraulic elements in in there which 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 caused the problem. And it, was it purely that the thing was back to front, and, and it, it fouled on something and just knocked yeah, the pipe off? It did, yeah, yeah. So we could bring the air, we could bring the gear up, and yeah. then and it was put in on. So did Boeing then believe you that it could happen? 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. We forced them into that belief. But um it's but yeah, it was um So yeah, so that was um uh so the so the, the outcome of that was was a redesign there, but uh, but there was no sort of I mean they were so thorough in the in the investigation that, that um you know, in engineering, as as it is, you know, they're, they're in, the, in the hangars, they work on multiple aircraft at the same time. Did, did they? Uh, I'm sure. But did they say anything? You could have done anything better or um, different? No, it's it's. I, actually, I brought the I brought the report actually in here, but um, there's um, there's no no. We worked fairly good as a crew, yeah. and it sounds uh, like an amazing crew. It was crew It was yeah, and and you know the advancements of you know, CRM, that sort of. And and stuff and, and and subsequently our event has then been transposed into the simulator and, and our colleagues go and practice it. Oh, do they? So Have you had to practice event. it? Again? Yeah, <laughs> they, gave, they gave us that one off. So David, in terms of the actual landing itself, how much input did you actually have? Because you're very modest about it, but clearly there's a huge amount of skill involved in this. How much did the aircraft do? How much of it was you and your your? Well, team? we were flying it manually. We certainly right, like so flew was, the last yeah. eight miles, ten miles flying was manual because we. The importance was, I flew the aircraft in. The we all had our roles. The the the, the I was as the captain. I was flying it and cheese and ham, and I was going to be flying cheese the approach rolls. Roles. Oh. And then, and then the first officer had he had his his, his duties were gonna, was with was monitoring my performance and monitoring, making sure that that, that what we'd briefed was what was happening. You know, we were going to be flying lower uh, below the light glide slope, touching down in an unusual position, monitoring the uh, the engines, monitoring all that, all the aspects of the, of the flying. And then the guy behind the third pilot, he was monitoring the overall situation, but also his other duties were. He he was uh, running the emergency checklist, which called for a thousand feet, for the, telling the cabin crew to uh, uh, stand by the stations, and then and then at uh, lower, further on lower down was the brace brace, and then call, making sure these these calls were going out to the cabin. So so just keeping them dynamically aware we were on on the on the flight, but actually lower down in, in the approach, you you get into the grips of the aircraft, make sure that everything is flying. Um, and it's as you expected, and then touchdown and the flare is—it's all just as as it was, and as you can see on the on the on the on the on the video. Yeah. So um, and you can see where the the the, the, uh, the flaps, the speed brakes don't come up, and it takes yeah. that little time. Yeah. But uh, but it is yeah. No scared. Um, you know, I wouldn't say scared. It was just. It was just like a simulator, mm. and you know, you want to do the best. You, you want to do your best, and you know, everyone says. You know, you you just want to do your best and get this thing on the ground. And we knew the 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 calamity which was ahead of us potentially. You know, we were we were briefed, we were ready for the evacuation, we were going to evacuate, and we were going to make sure all those passengers get off the aircraft. And we were gonna we had our plan, we had it all up our sleeve. What what will our individual roles were going to do? We were going to get off the aircraft. We were going to help the passengers get out. Make sure I was going to get the I was going to be the last person off that aircraft. Make sure everyone was off there safely. Yeah, and uh, we were prepared for the worst and hoping for the best. So um, I think all of us, you know, scared. I, we were certainly in the zone. Yeah. You know, we hadn't. Thankfully, we hadn't flown all the way to Vegas and then been confronted with this after a ten-hour yeah. flight to have that sort of fatigue levels as well to be thrown in. On top of that, you know, we were relatively fresh. Uh, so we'd only be flying yeah. for four, four and a half hours or so. So. Um, it was, um, you know, and my, you know, 
we didn't realise it was all on TV and the, and and all the stuff was happening down below. People yeah. being called out of their houses, you know, to go to work and doctors and nurses and all that sort of stuff. We didn't know that. So after the event, did they let you go home or what was the? Event? So yeah, no. So what happens? It's quite important to keep the crew together and to diffuse the sort of, you know, that. I mean, obviously, being a cabin crew member down the back, they're not in control. They're in control of their job. They're not in control of the aircraft. So. It was very important for them to, um, we, all of us to get together and just diffuse our sort of emotions. And it was, you know, everyone, you, you hold up quite a lot of stuff, uh, you know, after an event like that. And it's, and it's quite important that you don't just go home and back to your, you know, your flat could be on, you're living on your own and, you, and, and suddenly this sort of high, intense afternoon, you need to sit together and talk about it. And so... De decompressing or something. Decompress, yeah. yeah. So we actually, the, the, the company kept us all together uh, I didn't. I didn't. I, although I live fairly close to the airfield, I didn't go home. We we went off to a hotel. They got us rooms, uh, and we before we actually got to the hotel, we had a lot of debriefs. We had the air investigation board were there. They they were detailed interviews, single interviews with each pilot, and then a group interview, followed by single interviews with all the cabin crew, and then a group interview. So that took us a while, and then our own uh, emergency uh, and safety department came in, and they did the same they we had interviews so, so all our stories were collaborating and uh and was were they expecting anything for you to do anything with the press or anything did they want no so so virgin have got they've got a press a comms department and, and they pretty much are on it and you know they knew what was going to be happening and 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 they 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 kept them at that side and um but they it took a took a long time actually so uh and our chief pilot was there our um yeah, the, the the CEO came down to make sure. You know, it, it was great. Yeah, they, there was a lot of um, hands-on sort of people. We've we've got a, a company doctor comes in, uh, so they'd obviously thought about it, and 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 their their sort of action plan had, had kicked in, mm. and they they took very good care. You know, emotional care for yeah. for the crew and stuff. Um. So and then and then once we'd gone through all these interviews and made and again it's really, it's very important that having an incident so fresh to pick up exactly all the details and they wrote down everything we said just so we could have exactly what what went wrong and what we did and what was fresh in our minds so we could you know improve on you know checklists and whatever else in the future so um and then and how we could, how we could do this better so uh and then and then of course we went after all that we ended up at the hotel and then we went to and a bar. They they got some drinks together and food and we all sat there and chatted and decompressed. Oh and and you know, we didn't get back to the, we got to the hotel about two in the morning. Goodness me. So uh, long day. It was a long day. You expect to be in Vegas. <laughs> so yeah. And then uh, and then the next day the cabin crew actually went they, they they went home, but the flight crew. Then we went back into the into the office, and we had a morning of um, back back just to go back through all the bits and pieces. God. So it was it was quite extensive. Yeah. So. Um, and did you at any point go back onto the air? I mean, in, in the immediate after, go back onto the aircraft. And no. So the, the plane was... went into the hangars, and it was it was uh, an air investigation had to go in there and yeah. do their do their bits and pieces. So it was in the hangar. Away from that, yeah, we. I suppose I could have gone in, but yeah. we were so busy in the office. Yeah. yeah. Uh, doing all our bits and pieces, uh, and that investigation through the engineers had started, just to get to the bottom of what what had happened to the aircraft. Uh, and from my knowledge, I think the plane was serviceable within two weeks. You know, probably less than and that. And they were looking at an engine being ripped off at one stage. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. And I, in fact, I, 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 I flew that plane uh, within six weeks. Gosh. And did the company? 
sort of reward you or anything, or did you get any um, on the back? Yeah, the, 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 they were good actually. They they they, they kept us all. The, the crew were, were were we yeah we were we were rewarded. We 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 would get together. We we had a, a a night out in London where they put us in a hotel and they had. Yeah, they 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 did what they could. Free flight, some way. Um, well, we get, we get lots of free flights. But, um, and what about the engineers? The responsible did were they? So again, they 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 went through the the sort of rigmarole of of the AAIB, um, and so and they've got their own sort of um, uh, network of, of of checks and balances that they have to come up against. So there was no one sacked or anything, but uh, there was certainly. Uh, Different was it eventually down to one person, or was there a, a shift? Or a... no, there was there was as it as it happened, there was a there was a shift change. That the, the work had started, and it's a bit like the the classic uh, holes in the cheese, you know, the, um, the accident at the end, and it all sort of lined up. The the, the, the plane went in during the day. They started the, the work on on this actuator. It was a, a procedure which they'd never done before. There was there were um, items of, of equipment that which were very specific to that job. Which they needed to borrow from different um, suppliers, and it was a, a fairly hefty piece of equipment, like 80, 85 kgs of, of uh, actuator, which they manhandled in. Uh, they and then they had a shift change, um, mm-hmm. and it was at night, and then they had mm-hmm. work on other planes going on. So it was all this sort of added to the to, to, to the uh, the ultimate. And then and then the checklist didn't call for a test of the system afterwards, which was a Boeing checklist. Mm-hmm. So once you'd fitted this uh, actuator, you would have thought that this should yeah, test it. But actually, testing pretty, it was quite crucial. You'd think, so, but I think testing on a on a on a on a huge landing gear system quite a big like job. Is yeah, you got to jack the plane. plane. You jack the plane. Yeah. Three hundred ton airplane. I mean, that, that's top landing gear. That isn't it? That is. <laughs> that is. That is. That is. That's as bad as the roll. To be fair. And much press. Because you probably dreaded so that. So the you? press that was interesting. So we, I, I wasn't, I didn't go home actually. But um, my uh, my wife was 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 at a friend's house actually, and she came and with the kids and st- eventually stayed overnight with them. And the next morning they came back to our house. Uh, I was at the ho- at the hotel with the crew, and then subsequently in, in the offices. But she she went back to the house and and got back to our house. And at the end of the drive, there was a couple of cars and people standing around with with cameras and and styrofoam, you know, coffee cups all over the place. <laughs> so she passed on by, and 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 then and then the sort of circus of these people had, had located where we lived. Um, and unfortunately, yeah. they're looking for a story. So you, you you might be a hero one minute, yeah. and then they are looking for the story. So, I mean, I can only say that these people went into the, our local pub and they said. Uh, and of course, they knew after this yeah. is about two or three days. Actually, they're in the hotel. They were in the sorry. They were in the the, the village for a week. Mm. They did go to the to the pub, and they and they went to the landlord, and they said, "Do you know this chap?" And they were like, "Absolutely, we know him." Is he a heavy drinker? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, seriously? No. Yep. It is. It so is they're looking for a story. Yeah. Fortunately. I drink at the other pub. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wowie. Sorry. But no, but yeah, it is it is sad that you have to you have to look out for that. But yeah. uh, but your colleague in the he got hand. Was this the? Yeah, yeah and I met him subsequently. In the, was that the triple seven that? Yeah, co- coming in from China. In the, uh, yeah. In the, and he did a great job. Yeah, yeah. And he saved he saved the aircraft. Yeah, he saved the yeah the passengers and crew, obviously. Yeah, and when you actually see the distance that he landed in mm. on that threshold, 
There's a well, he didn't even get to the runway, did he? No, he was in the grass. Just <laughs> yes. to, he got over the fence. The fact he got, yeah. he didn't hit a car. No, no. On the way incredible. Was it is incredible. Mm. But they right. they hounded him yeah. for, which is a bit disappointing. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And but, to sort of bring this full circle, I suppose, is that aircraft one of the few remaining? Has it gone? It is no. It is at Heathrow now. I saw it the is other it? day. Is yeah. it? Wow. Yeah, it's in the hangar now. I, I don't know where it's what's going. What's its destiny? So its the registration was GV Rom. Um, so Golf Victor, Romeo, Oscar, Mike, and um, and it's I don't know where it's going actually. I should find out. It should be kept. Yeah, it should be flying. Kept, yes. I know. You should do some of those two G manoeuvres at the next air show that we're yeah. going to go and watch. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. So actually, when we just going all the way back, when we actually started the approach on the first approach, when that gear became a problem, something did fall off the aircraft. It was a a a. a, a, a a wheel backstop, which had been attached to the aircraft, it did fall off that uh, aircraft. Landed in Kent. And it landed in Kent. Yeah, it was on the final approach, twenty miles no out. Way. So not that it affected our. Well, that was completely unrelated, almost. No, it? that was related, that was. Uh, but it didn't cause the problem. It mm. it, it came off because when the gear came down, it knocked oh, that piece of equipment off. But it wouldn't. It shouldn't have yeah. um, affected our. You know, the constituted constituted doors opening and and, and subsequent our, our landing. Yeah. But that piece of equipment, which is about a five kilogram piece of steel, came off, uh, and it was found three months later by a farmer Gosh. in in this field. And uh, yeah, we've got it in 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 in, in the base at, at work. And I've, <laughs> okay. I've got a picture of me holding this thing. But so when we did actually put that gear down. So I mean, it? that could have been a different story if that hadn't say, fallen into a field. Yeah, if, had we gone into Heathrow and mm. done the final approach oh, onto two seven, that would have been yeah. in London. Yeah. God. So that uh, that approach would have you know maybe gone through somewhere. Yeah. yeah fortunately, it was it East Grinstead or West yeah. East yeah. Grinstead, I think yeah. it was in a field, and the farmer subsequently found this piece God, of equipment. The chain of events mm. from that one seemingly innocuous mistake, yeah. or well, not even mistake, really, just just. Unfortunate event, yeah. if you like, yeah. in an engineering bay yeah. to what potentially could have happened, what did happen. Sure. Incredible. Thank Incredible. you so much. Yeah. 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 The pleasure's brilliant. Yeah. As first time I've heard you, I've known you've long time, first time I've actually <laughs> got you to sit down and say that in full, so yeah. amazing. That's just an incredible story, David. Thank you so much for that. I must say, the Virgin guys who've been flying the, the beautiful old 747s off to retirement have done us proud because they've given a little wing waggle. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. You know, a little salute. BA have been a little bit boring about it. They've just flown out of Heathrow, taking it down to St. Athen or, or wherever they've gone. It's, it's, it's very a of professionalism probably. Do, <laughs> do, you, do you think, <laughs> are there any plans for there to be a proper kind I hope of so. salute I hope for, so. for the 747? Yeah, I do hope so. And you never know if, if this. I like Qantas's you know, little yeah, supposed, the, um, track that they, they left of a yeah of a kangaroo. Yeah, that's very impressive. I hope so. I, you know, our planes haven't all gone. There's a couple yeah. left in, but um, maybe there will be a, a salute. And it's, it's just a shame because we they were planning to go anyhow mm-hmm. yes. at the end of twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. And um, you know there was the pilots on there were running, you know, looking forward to running the planes to the mm-hmm. end, and, and then yeah. and then taking them off to their destinations. uh, Well, please try and urge Virgin to do something special so that we can all give it a final salute. Excellent. Thank you, David, so much. Absolutely brilliant. What a story. Thank you very much.
Thanks so much to David for a truly memorable interview. And don't forget, you can hear our tribute to the 747 in our main podcast, which is already up and running. And remember, you can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Top Landing Gear. And do email us with your questions for our expert, James Cartner, info at toplandinggear.com. That's info at toplandinggear.com. Two G's. And however you're listening to us, please do recommend us to your friends and family and do leave a review, especially if you've enjoyed it. In the meantime, thank you for listening and bye for now.